0: Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans? It's your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Today is Tuesday, October 20th. Crazy to think that October is almost over. No hockey in the foreseeable future. We're hopeful that it'll be back in the new year. But in the meantime, we continue to talk about our favorite team, its happenings and goings on. Today on the podcast, we'll discuss Matt Grislik's comments following his four-year deal that he signed over the weekend and my friend mayor is back on the podcast Uh, with a little bit of a twist she's going to be interviewing me so uh, really looking forward to seeing what she's going to bring in terms of the questions because i really have no idea at this point before we get into that let me remind you that the podcast is available on apple spotify stitcher wherever you get podcasts if you have not already done so please smash that subscribe button Each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also kindly rate and review, it would be very much appreciated, especially Apple users. It really does go a long way in terms of building the show and helping us to rise up the Apple charts. Social media wise, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. I've also recently set up an Instagram account that you can find at LockedOnBostonBruins. And uh, if you want to follow me, I'm at ENC McLaren on both Instagram and Twitter. So right off the top, let's get to the Matt Grizzlick comments following his new four-year $14.75 million contract that he signed over the weekend. And... The first thing he did was credit his parents, John and Kathleen. He said they're the main reason I'm in the position I'm in right now, and I'm so thankful to have two great parents like them and be surrounded by so many great people in my life. I feel very blessed to be in this position. Being from here, having the opportunity to play for the Bruins, it means so much to me. He added, "It's not about wanting to bet on myself and try to get the most money possible." I had the mindset of I wanted to be locked up and have that security and remain in Boston as long as I can. And he will be a Bruin at least until the age of 30. The restricted free agent is 26, signed a four-year deal, so do the math. That's 30, I believe. I'm not an advanced stats guy, but I'm pretty sure. Now, of course, with Tory Krug leaving and some uncertainty regarding Zdeno Chara's future with the team, there's a big opportunity here for Grizzlick, and he said that he's just every offseason trying to improve his game, he's in a good spot, he feels very healthy, probably the healthiest he's been in a couple years, and just really in prime shape in terms of his body and where he's at in terms of size and strength. He said, I think I now want to add to my game offensively, grow my confidence, there's definitely an opportunity here, and I want to make sure that when I get into training camp at the beginning of the season, I'm in a good position to take advantage of that. I just want to improve my overall game. Grizzlick will, of course, have an opportunity to play on the top pair with Charlie McAvoy. He'll have an opportunity to get some prime power play minutes that have been left open with the departure of uh, Tory Krug. And you know, Grizzlick said he's not exactly sure what's going to happen with Chara with depth on the left side, but he wants to be able to handle more minutes and handle more responsibility. He said each year he thinks he's gotten better, improved his overall game, to not only want to initiate more offensively, but also accept more defensive responsibility in the defensive end by using his smarts, using his skating ability to his advantage, trying to break pucks out so that the team can get going the other way. Obviously, it's a big challenge to quarterback the power play. It's something that the Bruins rely on a lot for their offense in order to have success throughout the season, although Don Sweeney has taken steps to improve the 5-on-5 scoring, of course. The first unit is stacked with talent, and Torrey was a really special player, and it's not going to be easy to go into that position, Grizzlick said, but when he has gone in there in years past... He was more focused on wanting to be more of a facilitator, get the pucks to the other guy's hands. He has a lot of room for improvement in that area when it comes to confidence and wanting to take that next step as a player. Grizzlick said he's going to take some time to f- uh, focus on this area, watch some video, get to know the players a bit better on that top unit. And so hopefully he can hit the ground running and apply that to his game right out of the the gate. And finally, Grizzly echoed something that Bruce Cassidy said following the playoff loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and that is that if this team wants to take the next step, they're going to need to rely on the defense to keep pushing pucks up north, wanting to play offensively. There's a little bit of an opportunity, but it's up to him to come back and be a better player and to take advantage of that. So he's really in a prime position to facilitate that and. That kind of style uh, kind of affirms the fact that there are growing questions about whether or not Zdeno Chara will be back. On the left side you'll have, you know, Grizzlick guys like Jacobs Borrow, your ovakinin, Mackenzie Wieger has been tabbed as a Bruins target. Uh, so there's really some questions there as to where Chara will fit in, if at all. Finally Grizzlick said uh, He's thankful that the Bruins had trusted him to sign him to a longer-term contract, something that he takes pride in and just wants to give everything he has every day, and that's his focus heading into training camp. So I think that's it for the Matt Grizzlick signing recap. Some breaking news out of Bruins land here on Tuesday morning. The team has re-signed Carson Kuhlman to a two-year contract. The restricted free agent, will earn an annual NHL cap hit of $725,000. It's a two-way deal for 2020-2021 and a one-way deal for next season when more cap space will become available with David Krejci and Tuka Rask coming off the books and potentially re-signed to probably lesser deals than what they're on now. Kuhlman is 25. He has appeared in 36 games for the Bruins Four goals, seven assists to his credit in 13 postseason games. He's got one goal and two assists. An undrafted uh, forward out of the University of Minnesota Duluth. And, you know, he has the speed and the skill that the Bruins are looking to add to the lineup. And the 25-year-old should have a good chance to crack the lineup with David Pasternak shelved to begin the season for sure. I see Marissa and Jemmy, friend of the podcast, clamoring for Kuhlman to get regular playing time. And uh, yeah, at that cap hit, Bruins could get some really great value out of him. Now, before we get to my interview with Mayor Zilberberg, or her interviewing me, let's talk for a moment more about Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family-owned business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years if you go to rockauto.com you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers i had an issue with my 2003 honda odyssey we needed a tail light cover and i was able to go on there very easily find it order it and hope to have it installed soon Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specs, and prices you prefer. Best of all, their prices are always reliably low, and the same for pros as well as do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. I don't know about you, but generally, workday, I tend to hit a wall around 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Thanks to Built Go, I'm able to power through that. Built Go is a healthy replacement to your energy drink or that unnecessary fourth cup of coffee, and the energy is not fake. It's lasting and natural. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, you can break through it with Go every day. It comes in -in easy-to-take-in, 1.5-ounce packages, and is the best workout gel on the market. It's a five-hour energy boost without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, chocolate mint, and is loaded with good stuff to ignite your workday. Beta-alanine, B3, honey, just a kick of caffeine. The collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health, and this stuff literally makes you look and feel better. Visit BuiltGo right now and use promo code LOCKED to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off your next order at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, well, I am pleased to be joined once again by Mayor Zilberberg of Leafs Nation, Long Island resident and a great friend. And she has kindly agreed to uh, interview me on the podcast. And I have zero idea what the questions are going to be and looking forward to uh, finding out. So Mayor, thanks for being here again. How are you today?
1: I'm good, how are you? I'm, I'm good, I'm good.
0: just. I like to, uh, that you
1: say kindly agree when in fact I bullied you into this.
0: Okay, well, we don't need to get into those details, but yep, that's fine. I'm I'm excited. I don't think I've had the opportunity to be interviewed on here. And you know, there's things that I, I'd like to say that I don't always get the opportunity to. So I'm excited to hear uh, what you're gonna ask and see where that goes. Just um, don't Oprah me and make me cry.
1: Well, that means I have to go change everything now. Okay. All right. All right, everyone. Here we go. I thought it would be fun to get to know your host a little bit more um, in case he doesn't talk about himself enough on the podcast. So I have some questions today to uh, trick him into sharing his deepest secrets. (laughs) And we're going to talk a little hockey, a little life, and it'll be fun, I hope, and painless, I'm sure. I, yeah so, so let's start with I'm sure this is like a popular topic on a Bruins podcast hosted by an Ontario native but why don't we just go back and talk about this how you became a Bruins fan when you're from Toronto and you grew up in Ottawa right and you're living Guelph yep so why the Bruins
0: well yeah that's right I was born in Toronto North York General Woo, represent Just off the 401, if you're driving through Toronto, you can't miss it. I point it out every time I drive through. Um, Let's see. Well, it really dates back to the fact that Bobby Orr is a a good old Ontario boy, played for the Oshawa Generals, then went to the Bruins. And my dad, who grew up in Trenton, he, uh, yeah, I guess he saw him a couple of times when he played for the Generals. And then I think a lot of Ontario people, they kind of followed Bobby Orr's career because, you know, he's one of the greatest players of all time. And I really think that that is the root of why there are quite a few Bruins fans up here in Ontario is just Bobby Orr. Uh, you know, original six days hockey night in Canada. He was on TV a lot. My grandma even was taken by him, um, and um, so they would watch. They would watch games uh, on hockey night in Canada, and yeah, it just stick stuck with my dad, and he kind of passed it out long to me. He was never. He wasn't born in Toronto. He came over from Scotland. My dad has been on the podcast uh, before, so he's kind of told that story. If you want to go back. And hear that, but um, yeah, like he didn't have any Toronto ties himself, so he cu- jumped onto the Bruins because of Bobby Orr, and uh, it kind of stuck with me as well. There's another reason, and that's uh, my sister, she's like seven years older than me, and she was a huge Oilers fan, uh, mostly because of Mark Messier for whatever reason. I used to call him Mark Messy Face just to. to- annoy her as little brothers do and um so yeah like 1990 I was nine she was 15 no 16 Bruins Oilers in the uh final so I really dug into my Bruins fandom then just uh, all
1: right right. so it's out of spite partially
0: partially yeah although she she got the upper hand in that one
1: It's, it's always good to stick to something out of spite not like grudges or anything. That's right. So, okay, related to that, you chirp the Leafs a lot on Twitter (laughs) and me. Is that only because of the rivalry or is there like a deeper sort of animosity for you with the Leafs?
0: I don't know. I mean, growing up in Ottawa, the senators, this is showing you how old I am. The senators weren't around when I was like a kid per se. Uh, but when they did come on the scene and, you know, there was those Ottawa-Toronto series in the early 2000s, my heart was kind of with the Senators then just because of, you know, it's hard to... Senators didn't have a large fan base, and I was really rooting for them then because it was like
1: so that, was a, that and Goliath was a thing. Fandom. What's that? Sorry. That was you. That was like you were a pity fan. Like I guess, bad. yeah. It, be like them.
0: it felt like, like a David and Goliath situation.
1: Yeah, but, uh, yeah. You wanted like to okay, root I for the it. underdog.
0: Yeah. I don't really like. There have been some players on the Leafs in the past that I have really despised, like a like a Darcy Tucker kind of player or uh, something like that, Ty Domi. Um, but. Honestly, it's more like a Leafs fandom thing that grates me more than the team itself. Like, there's just this sense of entitlement, perhaps, that comes with being a Leafs fan, center of the hockey universe, and, you know, we deserve this or that, when really, I've said it many times that the Leafs and the Panthers are the only two teams to not win a playoff series in the the salary cap era and, and Leafs fans seem to lose sight of that sometimes and think, you know, they're, uh, they're due for a cup, blah, blah, blah. So anyways, it's more like um, there's a Sloan song. And one of the lines in the song is it's not the band I hate it's their fans. And that's really my kind of relationship with the majority of Leafs fans. I was gonna like, say, careful. Some, exceptions, some exceptions, of course, but um, I mean, Looking at the team right now is probably the most likable it's ever been in my lifetime, especially now that they have added Joe Thornton, who's my favorite player.
1: That was hard for you. That That was very difficult.
0: I like Jason Spezza. I like Wayne Simmons. Um, I like like the old guys. I do, yeah. Yeah, not as much the the new faces of the Leafs, I guess. The, uh, you know, harassers of people. Um, that kind of thing but um two ways yeah
1: but <laughs> all right okay I mean fair enough so there's like your family question? there's like family generational fandom yeah. I get it it's
0: geographic get
1: it. right yeah so that makes sense okay so you didn't play hockey growing up
0: that's correct
1: your boys all play hockey that's correct so why was that just because you're such a huge hockey fan was that because they're like Ontario boys got to play hockey. What was the thinking
0: there? Um, That's a great question. It's kind of a – I don't know. It's mostly because, well, on my wife's side of things, Lauren, her whole family is, like, huge into hockey. Her dad plays every Sunday. Her brother plays still now, like, in two adult leagues. So they had a real big, like, hockey uh, culture in their family. For us, it was um, – yeah, just wanting not only the boys to learn to skate, like that was a big skill that we wanted them to have skating and swimming were two things that we wanted them to learn like really early, but also just, uh, yeah, learning how to be part of a team and not so much like, oh, I want my kids to be in the NHL one day. Cause it's not going to happen, but just, um, you know, wanting them to, to learn those skills to learn kind of, yeah, just be part of that whole stereotypical Canadian thing of getting up early on Saturday, heading to the rink. It just seemed, yeah, something that was cool and I missed out on it, but I didn't want them to miss out on it. Um, And the thing with our town too, is that The program that they're in is like super non-competitive and really inclusive, which is really cool. Like there's uh, people from all different backgrounds, uh, boys and girls playing together, men and women coaching. So it's a really good introduction to the league that way. It's like not super like all about scoring and winning. Like they don't even keep score and things like that at this level yet. So yeah, it was. It's a good league that we have here in in our town, which which helped. Do As they well. like it? For the most part, yeah. There's some some. There's been some moments where they lie on this, the ice. Lying on the ice, yeah, that happened this week. We had uh, one. I have one picture that I posted a couple of years ago, where it's like our middle boy Ewan. He's like standing at the boards, like nobody can see this, but. On the video, he's like standing on the boards, like just peering over, just desperate for us to take him off the ice. Um, but yeah, it's good for them to learn that perseverance. And once they get out there and once they get skating, um they really do have fun out there. And you can really see like their personalities on the ice as well. Like our oldest, he's very cautious, kind of anxious. So he is like a real stay-at-home defenseman like to the point where he'll sometimes not even cross the offensive blue line. He'll just like kind of wait in the neutral zone for the team to come out. But our middle boy, he's very feisty. And um, he's like, just like a magnet on the puck. Anytime a kid gets it, he's right on, him trying to take it away. Just buzzing around. Um, Last year he had a, like him and this other kid on another team were like, whacking each other's skates with their sticks, trying to trip each other and stuff. So he's got some uh some Brad Marchand vibes to him, which uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty proud of that, to be honest.
1: It's unfortunate.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Kidding. Did you play any sports growing up?
0: I did. I I played soccer
1: for a little your parents bit. Parents are European, right?
0: That's right. Well yeah, my dad wasn't really that he like he came over to Canada when he was like four or five
1: um my in-laws are south american and big into soccer okay yeah that makes sense yeah
0: um so yeah i played soccer i played baseball as well uh a little bit through kind of like early high school years and then um when i was at college we had a very intense um intramural ball hockey league which was uh Kind of the height of my uh, sporting sporting life, two time champ. Woo! So yeah, that was. Uh, those are pretty much the only com- like the only organized sports I played were soccer and baseball. Never got into the hockey. I tried out for my college basketball team.
1: Can you skate?
0: Um not very strong i can skate uh, i can't uh, i'll admit that i i'm not a very strong stopper uh i haven't really mastered the uh the spray and stop um so i kind of just glide to a stop or grab onto gotta some boards kind of do this yeah yeah i guess so
1: that's how you stop every canadian kid knows that
0: like i would skate on the canal growing up in ottawa oh, that's cool but uh yeah not very strong skater
1: there's nothing to grab onto on the canal.
0: That's true. You're more likely to fall into one of the holes that they have in the middle for, for drainage.
1: Got to grab onto a person. Yep. So how, people, did
0: you, yeah.
1: how did you get into sports writing, hockey writing, podcasting? How'd you get there?
0: Whew, that's a good question. So yeah, I know
1: all my questions are good questions, Ian.
0: That's true, that's true. That's a very good question. So I think I mentioned it on the podcast the other day that when Joe Thornton was traded, I've always liked to write. I've always been a, that's always been a thing that I love. And um, so back in the day, once the internet came on the scene, there were these things called blogs um, that people used to start. And so I started one and then before Tumblr, before Tumblr, this was like <laughs> blog do you remember blog? Yeah, i'm
1: just trying to make it make sense for your younger listeners okay, yes
0: yes before tiktok we wrote words um <laughs> like typed words typed words that's, that's sorry typed words uh so there was a site called blog that was a i think it was affiliated with google or something anyways that doesn't matter i started a, a blog joe Thornton was traded and I in the late in the night of a December evening, I wrote a few words just um, lamenting that trade. And uh, I didn't really get into it much then. Like we moved to Manitoba for a couple of years. Um, I did some little writing on the side, but nothing serious. just like on my own blog, I would do like live blogs of um, playoff games or things like that then we moved to Scotland for a year. Then when I, we came home from Scotland, that's when I really was like, Oh, maybe I should do this kind of as a thing. So I, it's kind of a long story, but, um, I started my own website. First of all, I started my own Twitter account. That was like, um, it was called score nation. I was a real big fan of of the score back in the day and they had like, um, xm satellite shows and i would use that account to kind of interact with the hosts of that show and then i turned that um twitter account into like a website where i would write about hockey stuff but also i'd write about soccer football basketball get some people to come on board and i eventually applied for an internship at the score which um, i did not get and then I applied for a, another job at the score, which I did not get. And.
1: Um, you were persistent.
0: Yes, <laughs> I was. Yeah. And the, when I didn't get that job, I got in touch with the guy who was in charge of har- hiring. And I said, you know, I've applied a couple times. What what do I need to do to kind of. Um, Improve my chances moving forward. Like, I didn't go to school for journalism or anything like that. And he said, You know, if you want to be a writer, you just have to write. And it's like incredibly simple advice, but it was very effective. So I just jumped on as many kind of more established hockey blogs as I could. And um, so I started writing about all kinds of different hockey teams for the site called the Hockey Writers. And then moved up to SB Nation blogs and then eventually the score they sold like their TV station and then just went to mobile app only and it opened up a whole bunch of positions and the head of content there DM'd me and was like, have you seen these job openings? I hadn't. So then I applied and uh, they ended up hiring me, which was very cool. So then I did that for about five years full time. So that's kind of the long winded way of saying, yeah, I basically just started writing on my own, eventually was able to work my way up and and did it full time for, for a handful of years, which was basically a dream job. Um, So yeah, that was, and then afterwards, once I left that, I still wanted to keep, you know, a, a toe at least in uh, the hockey writing water. So I covered junior hockey for a couple of years for SB Nation sites. And uh, then the podcast opportunity came around and thankfully, uh, Sean Woodley, who, who runs the NHL podcasts and hosts Locked On Raptors, he brought me on, which was really cool.
1: So, you wrote for a long time. You still
0: write a little bit. Uh, what, not as much, yeah.
1: What's your favorite piece you've ever written?
0: Oh wow, that's a good question.
1: Um, you don't need to say that's a good question. I'm, sorry. I'm gonna ask you a question.
0: I'm sorry, you're right. Stop acting uh, so
1: surprised.
0: That is a tough question. Um, there's, I mean, there's a few opportunities that I've had that were really memorable and that stood out. Um, I was able to go to the Hall of Fame when uh, Mark Recchi was inducted and got to interview him and kind of write a piece about that. It was Mark Recchi and Dave Andrewchuk. And if you remember, Mark Recchi retired right after winning the Cup with the Bruins in 2011. Dave Andrewchuk won with the Lightning in 20 I oh know 2004 and then decided to come back for another year. So I kind of wanted to ask them both kind of the rationales for their decision, if they had any regrets about that decision. Um, So that was really cool. And that was when Paul Correa went in the Hall of Fame as well. And he's one of my favorite players of all time. So it was really cool to be there to see that. Um, So that one, yeah, I'm probably most proud of, I guess, just to have that opportunity. Um, I also... Got to go to the Hall of Fame when uh, each year the team that wins, they get they take the Stanley Cup rings to the Hall of Fame. So I went and interviewed, um, or like got into a scrum with Sidney Crosby, and uh, was able to squeak in the last question to him. So that was kind of my favorite, just because it's like I got to ask Sidney Crosby a question, and uh, kind of infamously it was like during November, and I was participating that year so there was a picture of me on the Penguins Twitter or website like standing behind Crosby with my mic out was like this huge gaudy mustache which is kind of embarrassing but that was pretty memorable too so yeah Hall of Fame that was pretty fun.
1: What's a hockey story you want to write and haven't?
0: Well I... I don't know if it's a hockey story per se, but, um, we, you and I have talked about this before. I, my dream is to write a book. Um, that would be my, um, educational background is in theology and I would love to write a book about like the, the link between theology and social justice issues and sports but like hockey specifically so that would be kind of like tracking it back all the way and up till now and kind of making those links between um between that like i one of my favorite sports writers is dave ziron i don't know if you're familiar with him but he's written like a lot of good books like he wrote Uh, people's history of sports in the u.s he wrote a great book on um called uh like he's really big on the links between politics and sports so that would kind of be the model but more looking at yeah like theology and stuff like that which would be cool um
1: and i guess your your twitter twitter followers and listeners should gently bully you and check yes. in
0: on your progress with your book writing. Sure, yeah, or get call me an SJW, something like that too. Oh,
1: not that way. <laughs> Just push you to write the book and get it done. I mean, yeah, I
0: would love that. But uh, I don't know, time time is not a friend at the moment. So maybe one day. Maybe one day. I would love to interview Will Yorey as well. That would be a dream yeah. Yeah. for sure.
1: Okay, so let's pivot a little to the current Bruins, the Bip, current team, the current roster. What are your biggest concerns with the current Bruins roster?
0: Ooh, where do we even start with that? Honestly, I don't have as many concerns as the average uh, Twitter Bruins fan at the moment. There's been a lot of hue and cry. Is that a thing? Hue and cry? Yeah. About um, their lack of action in free agency a lot of people yes. were wishing they had been more aggressive trying to get a taylor hall trying to get um re tory krug pushing for mike hoffman which i'm not really a fan of um both on and off the ice uh, based on some of the issues he had in ottawa um the biggest need at the moment is kind of replacing tory krug he's been uh so great for the bruins he's been one of my favorite bruins ever really um i always root for the little guys being one myself and um he was just amazing so replacing him is the biggest thing they have matt Grizzlick who theoretically will do that um but also there's some questions about whether Zdeno Chara is going to be back so the left side on the defense is is the biggest need at the moment I'm not as worried about the forwards as some people um but shoring up the defense is a big thing for sure and re-signing Jake DeBrusque is is also number one
1: if you could build a Bruins lineup out of any current NHL players
0: Salary cap?
1: uh, No, nothing. Just three
0: Wow. Well, you know. Just like,
1: who do you want on your team? You've got five players on the ice and a goalie. Who are they?
0: Wow. Okay, so a lineup. Like, my favorite players or the best players or what?
1: Just go. Oh, okay. Stop overthinking it.
0: This is like what I do playing uh, GM mode on NHL which I've done since 1994-ish. So, yeah, I would – oh, man. I don't even know. I mean, you have to keep Patrice Bergeron. That's just a must. Honestly, Bergeron, Pasternak, I don't know if I'd take that top line apart, to be honest, if I'm going to pick a – like, I love Patrice Bergeron because he's the best two-way forward of our generation, and he's also a saint.
1: He is—he is a saint.
0: David Pasternak, I believe, should be more marketed by the NHL because he is an amazing goal scorer, but also a character and a lovable figure. And I think if he was Canadian, he would be more promoted.
1: He does. We in the in the states, we see him. He does the Dunkin' Donuts commercials. That's true.
0: The- that's true. That's true. That's
1: so true. I see a right. lot of pops.
0: Yeah like he should have been he should have been on the cover of NHL 21 instead of Alex Ovechkin anyways and then yeah i'll stick with marchand so i'll, I'll keep those three together a defense who that's a tough call um who are my favorite defensemen at the moment i mean i would have kept tory Kruger on but this isn't really answering your question cuz you want different players other than bruins
1: that's okay. You're, um, you're sticking to your brand.
0: Yeah. In net, we'll start in net and go backwards. Who's who's the best goalie right now? I don't know. I'd probably take uh, Connor Hellebuck. I think, uh, I mean, he won the Vesna, but he's also kind of still an underrated guy, and I really like him a lot. So I'll take Connor Hellebuck in net. On defense, I'd bring... Dougie Hamilton back because that should never have happened. So Dougie on the right side, on the left side, we'll put, um, uh, let's see here. I'm trying to think. Uh,
1: Just so everyone knows, Ian is swaying back and forth. This is very yeah, stressful. This is
0: my, it is stressful. So Dougie Hamilton, fine, I'll we'll put Tori Krug back on the left side. Dougie, Tori. I'll bring uh, Joe Thornton. I'll put him in the middle. Okay. I'll bring him back to where he rightly belongs. I'll put David Pasternak on the right side. On the left side, I'll put, um, who's my favorite left winger at the moment? Uh, It's so hard because I want to go with my favorite players instead of the best players. I really have a soft spot for anybody who's played for the Guelph storm. So I'll go with, um, Robbie Fabry. I'll bring him to Boston as well. Cause he's, okay. he's, uh, he has a special place in my heart as a champion with the Guelph storm and, uh, yeah, he's, he's also kind of an undersized guy. So he, he's one of my favorite non bruins as well. And I was very happy that he left, he got traded from St. Louis because Yes, of course. Okay. Screw the Blues forever.
1: Okay, last Bruins question. Yep. You can protect three players in the expansion draft. Yeah. I warned you there was an expansion draft question.
0: That would be well. That's pretty easy. That would be okay. David Pasternak, Charlie McAvoy, for sure. And um, I mean, they're going to protect. big guys obviously
1: no but don't assume anything you are choosing who you're protecting
0: okay that's it only three only it would be McAvoy Pasternak and and probably Marshan would be the the top three okay but Marshan's getting up there I don't think they would let him go obviously I'll I'll take those three for sure McAvoy and Pasternak are like the cornerstone untouchable players for the future for sure, okay.
1: How often in non-COVID times do you get to go to games?
0: Not too often because it's quite prohibitive to attend games in Toronto due to the yes. uh cost of tickets. I've actually only been to one game, one hockey game at Scotiabank Arena, formerly Air Canada Center. Um, yeah. I went to one Bruins game there, uh, and that was like I don't even know, 15, 16 years ago. When I grew up, when I growing up in Ottawa, I would go, I would go quite often. Like anytime the Bruins came to town, I would go. And I mean, it was pretty easy to get tickets to go to, to Senator's games. So these days, the last game I went to, I think was like two years ago. And we went down to Buffalo to see the Bruins and the Sabres on my birthday. And yeah, going to Buffalo is—it's um, a bit further than going to Toronto, but it's uh, cheaper, and I mean, it's kind of fun to go across the border and do some cross-border shopping at Target and things like that. Have um, you
1: been to many games in Boston? Any games in Boston? I've
0: never been to a game in Boston. I've only been to a baseball game in Boston. No. That is. is that, that like is a, a
1: bucket list thing. thing?
0: It did. Yeah. I mean, at the very least. Yeah. I was hoping to get down uh, this year or this fall, but obviously that's not possible. Um, so yeah, that's that's definitely something that needs to happen in the next couple of years for sure. Um, yeah. So that
1: actually takes us nicely into my last question, which is just like a random tell us something about you question. So what's your dream vacation destination?
0: Yeah actually it would be
1: if you say boston i'm gonna hang up
0: oh it wouldn't be boston it would be uh i think it would be japan actually
1: oh Uh, okay
0: one of my favorite authors is um haruki murakami and um he is japanese and he has written a bunch of novels over the years and uh anytime i read one of his things i just like desperate to go to japan because it well uh, you know it's got um just so much to offer there's the cities and the cool technology and attractions that we don't have over here but it's also got like mountains and scenery and the ocean and like there's the history of like contemplation and stuff like that as well over there so that would be that would be my bucket list trip for sure Like, um, I always want to go back to the UK, like that is a dream to like live there maybe, which we already did, but um, Japan like for a trip for sure would be, would be my ultimate uh, vacation destination. But it would be like, I'd wanna go there for like a month maybe, or at least a couple weeks to make, to kind of make it worth it. So was that painful? It was not. It was not painful at all.
1: I didn't give Ian any prep. He had no idea what I was asking him.
0: I did not know. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Pretty well.
0: That was great. Yeah.
1: Thanks for answering my questions.
0: Thanks for asking them.
1: I hope your listeners enjoyed getting to know you a little better.
0: Thank you. Yes. Thank you for for doing that. Um, I was going to mention as well. We talked last week that you you were watching the boys. How was that? Uh, mm-hmm.
1: How's we that have progressing? two episodes left this season. The first season. Is, for the first season. Yeah. It is getting intense. I'm at the point, what did I say to my brother yesterday? I said about episode six, I said, I'm getting to the point where I'm like antsy for how it wraps up. Okay. Like I want to know, like there's the, now they have like the loose ends dangling.
0: Right, right, right.
1: And I, I have the sense and I'm I have no spoilers. Like I don't know, but I have the sense that they're not going to wrap up a lot of it and leave it for season two.
0: Yeah, I can't remember if there was a cliffhanger or not.
1: Well, I mean, season two is out, so it's not like I have to wait. I can right, just right, like, I right, right. yeah. it, it's fine. Um, but I was talking to my brother about one of the scenes that I found like hard to watch. And then my brother's like, oh, I didn't notice that, but probably it's because it was filmed in the church I walk by on my way to work every day, so I was too distracted by oh. that. And I am like, it's not helpful.
0: In Toronto? So,
1: in Toronto, yeah, yeah. In, what, it's filmed uh, in Toronto.
0: What church, was that the one across from? Roy Thompson Hall or no?
1: I don't know. Well, um, church here. I don't think he walks past Roy Thompson Hall on his way to work. He lives in the annex. Oh,
0: okay.
1: okay. I, um but so that doesn't make sense. Uh, no, that doesn't make sense. Roy Thompson Hall's too far south. Um but so he like gets distracted by like all the places of right, right. downtown that are filmed around him and that he knows and I'm like deep into the show. So we're, we're having, but he's also read the comics. So he would, he, and he didn't like the comics. Oh really? So he's, yeah, so he's like telling me that, you know, some things are a little different, some are the same and he kind of hopes it's not the same because he, whatever. So we have those conversations about the show but then he also watched the first episode of Lovecraft Country last night.
0: Oh, okay. me yeah.
1: this morning that he watched. They watched the first episode of Lovecraft Country and they really liked it. My brother I, and sister mom. I
0: gotta check that out. You know, still okay. have
1: to watch that one. Yeah. Um, We've been
0: watching um, The Haunting of the Haunting. Bly Manor on Netflix. Yeah. And it's actually really good. I'm not big on um, like scary horror, but this isn't like that. It's more like it's spooky. It's creepy. Although
1: yeah, that's the part I don't like. I don't mind like monsters. <laughs> I don't like the yeah. spooky, like
0: this one has more of like,
1: appearing behind doing the mirror type thing I don't like that
0: this one's more like go yeah if you don't like mirror uh
1: no no this one. This
0: nope. one be for you know. Know. that's a big one
1: there's um, like one scene in Lovecraft Country where that happens and I had to leave the room and I'm like peering around the wall is it over can I come back now
0: the first few episodes of this one there's a lot of uh like she literally has to cover mirrors because yeah. you see stuff in the mirror.
1: that's like the stuff i can't watch
0: it is good though there's like a good love story to it and it's like there's ghosts but it's it's like all relationally tied it, it is really good we have two episodes left might finish it tonight so we'll see but i cannot stop watching sons of anarchy which i know you have watched and i, I
1: watched i watched years ago though fully
0: addicted to that show I watched
1: it I think we watched maybe watched it when it was on
0: I can't believe it's taken me this long to watch it it's it's not like the best show but it has all the elements of a show that at the
1: time that it was on it was up there like it was one of those shows that everyone was watching and like everyone really liked I mean I feel like tv's gotten better I guess but
0: I don't know why it it
1: was pretty good I don't know why I'm I a big Opie man know you like Opie. yes
0: he's my favorite for sure I love Opie yeah he's awesome he was in uh I think I mentioned this before he was in Walking Dead as well as a recent you character. did but
1: I don't I stopped Walking Dead after a couple of seasons
0: he, he just met his demise but I love him from Remember the Titans as well yeah, yeah he's definitely my favorite he's definitely my favorite character for sure
1: yeah. although I do like
0: Jax I will admit that
1: Yeah, I mean, Jax is one of those characters that you're going to like and you're going to root for and then sometimes you're going to be like, what are you doing, bud?
0: And Gemma is, uh, she's a good character.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Okay, no spoilers. Oh, come on. That is a spoiler in and of itself, saying no spoilers about a specific character. Oh my God, forget it. I mean, the statute of limitations on spoilers is a thing. Like if you tweet something that's a show that, like a Breaking Bad thing, is that a spoiler still no
1: no i mean but i know specifically that you're watching it so i'm not right. gonna like
0: well i'm only on season two at the moment yeah so.
1: i'm not gonna tell you okay. details
0: thank you i appreciate that as i will not say anything about the boys
1: yeah i'm gonna catch up on the boys much quicker though
0: that's very good yeah yeah true and it's, you don't have to wait when i was watching season two like i said you had to wait the week
1: yeah no I it's done now perfect. so i just go right through
0: uh, any any updates uh, while I have you in terms of um, hockey goss or Leafs? Uh
1: the, the I was thinking about it last night too. I was like, what's going in the column? Obviously, the big thing is the Joe Thornton signing, yeah, and the mixed reaction by like Leafs media. I think Leafs fans in general are pretty happy. Yeah, if there are fans who aren't, they're not in my like.
0: What circle. are the, what are people's? Against it, who are just like, he's too old. There
1: are some media folks who are saying, like, he's too old. He's over the hill. It wasn't a good signing. Oh,
0: I saw, like, the it means that Tavares isn't a good enough leader. Yes,
1: and then there's that whole, okay, why do they need to keep bringing in leaders, which is a silly argument, in my opinion. Like, even.
0: Where there's smoke, there's fire, Amir. What can I say?
1: Really? How many leaders you got on the Bruins?
0: What would you consider the
1: leader 15? They're
0: all born leaders. Exactly. Three of them.
1: Having having a bunch of guys who can help and fill different roles is not a bad thing. It's a team it's sport.
0: That's true. I'd say so. the slowness is a bit more of an issue than the, the leadership.
1: We have fast guys. I've, John Steitzer and I.
0: You've traded John. two of your fastest, though.
1: Yeah, but we we have we have the small, speedy, skilled players. Like that was sort of the whole identity of the team for a while. And that's we talked about this last week. That like having some balance on the team is a good thing. That's what John Steichen and I were talking about. Having a player who does things a little differently, it, we can't hurt at, at least to try. True, true. So that's the big conversation is okay. is that. Um, oh wow. I don't think there isn't a ton of, uh, there isn't a ton of stuff this week. It's been kind of quiet. I have to check my bookmarks.
0: I just saw um, on Twitter that you, you know, do you follow Ryan Clark?
1: Yes. From he, the abs. Uh,
0: yes. He just announced that he will be covering the Kraken for the athletic moving forward.
1: Not the abs anymore or both?
0: Yes. I think just the Kraken. He's going back to Seattle. I don't know if he's from there. But
1: well, that's, oh, wow. that's
0: a loss for abs coverage for sure. He's really that good.
1: That is a loss for abs coverage. Oh, oh wow. A game for the is, Kraken. I the like Kraken a lot. And He's great.
0: Kraken are sneakily becoming my favorite Western Conference team. And they haven't even... Oh, I know.
1: They're going to be super
0: yet. popular. On and off. A friend
1: of yours is working for them, right?
0: That's right. Chanel. Yep. She's... Uh, yep. That's really great. I'm so glad that they brought her on for... Uh, I can't remember the exact title, but it's...
1: Uh, I think she's like a diversity and inclusion consultant. That's right.
0: That's right. That's it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. She got a bunch of swag and I was very ask jealous because I want to crack and toot.
1: Well, ask her to get you one.
0: Uh, you know, you can't just ask.
1: I I mean, I'd ask you.
0: True, but... <laughs> okay. I, I feel That's weird. just
1: the difference in our personalities. I want
0: to get one for sure. I, I just want every toque. Send me a toque. If you're listening and you work for a team merchandise, I will take any toque from any team anywhere across the NHL.
1: Except the Leafs.
0: Uh, I do have a Leaf shirt.
1: You do have a Leaf if shirt.
0: If remember. And I have
1: my, multiple Leafs toques. Maybe I'll just send you one as a gag gift.
0: My, niece's, or my niece has a Leafs bib. Aww. And I often say, why are you not using that as a diaper? because that's where it belongs
1: Mm -hmm. my kids have both have Leafs pajamas that they sleep in very nice Logan has multiple that's my son multiple Leafs t-shirts well maybe one
0: day he'll tweet a photo of himself in those pajamas after returning home to the Leafs as captain second choice I
1: I doubt that because he doesn't know how to skate and he's seven
0: (laughs) (laughs) you never know but he
1: might tweet right. a photo right. of him returning home to toronto in general yeah that could
0: them, yeah that would work
1: that that might happen
0: so well mayor this has been uh, delightful thank you very much for for interviewing me and i hope yeah. it's been uh beneficial to listeners and uh we will chat again sometime soon in terms of uh hockey goss dish what's the word to say I don't, I don't know. Gossip, well, drama? You're the, you're the expert. Drama
1: and gossip. I don't see. I don't say hockey goss because I'm 34 <laughs> years old.
0: Well, I'm older than that. And yeah. um, so that's. Uh, but that
1: Philippe, right. my colleague at TLN does say hockey goss and go. he's a big fan of it. So
0: there you go. Uh, what was I going to say? Hockey drama. No. Oh yeah. The no soap operas, just hockey. Remember
1: yeah. I do well that's our we flipped it that's our tagline all soap operas now oh there
0: you go I missed that and when will that drop again remind people tomorrow
1: Wednesday afternoon at some point every Uh, Wednesday TLN gossip drama there is something going on with the Canucks that I have saved I'm not going to say what it is but there was a little bit of a little bit of drama there very nice
0: I love Canucks drama
1: so that'll be in the column tomorrow
0: I thought you might ask me my least favorite teams, and Vancouver used to be one, but they're not as much anymore.
1: Oh, I didn't think of that one. I figured it's just the Leafs, and why would I? Oh, it's definitely the Blues at the moment. I don't but,
0: like. I said I don't hate the Leafs as a well, team.
1: I asked. Th- I asked that in that way instead. Right, right. I asked about your feelings on the Leafs.
0: The Blues are definitely my least favorite team at the well, moment. That
1: makes sense because they beat yeah. you for the Stanley Cup. Perfect. I'm sorry. Is that a sore spot? Maybe I shouldn't. It still
0: is. It still is. Okay. I will think about that Game Seven for the.
1: Yeah, uh, I should probably. I should probably stop talking about how they beat you and won I mean, the Stanley Cup. Right? Probably not
0: as painful as you know losing.
1: Okay. All right.
0: But on the first round every year, but. Okay. Um, but you know what I mean.
1: Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Mayor.